goodness, Father. You're our healer, our provider, Father. Thank you. Our protector and redeemer. Father, you did all of those things because of your great care and love for us. So, Father, we choose to worship you and to thank you for these things, Father. And to give you praise and honor them for them, for them Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. We appreciate all the good things he's done for us. Amen. He's been good to us. Uh, and so uh, we appreciate all those wonderful things. Amen. Uh, and so um, we started on, on the, this is the last reason of this division from uh, Dr. T.J. McCawson's book uh, called uh, Bodily Healing and the Atonement. And, of course, the purpose of him writing the book was to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, from the Word of God, right? Uh, if you look at uh, his writings, it's, um, it's all, all scriptural. Uh, it's just Bible verses. And, you know, for me personally, just, that's just a way that uh, the Lord has always drawn me to, uh, to teaching is, uh, well, tell me what the Word says and tell me that it's so. Uh, and then, I'll, then that's fine. Amen? Amen. Uh, and, and so every now and then, you know, I'll come across somebody who, they do more preaching, and so it's more just exhortation, and so it's not so much about line upon line from the Word of God. It's just, you know, be good, God loves you, and, you know, they don't really reference the Bible, you know, but they're, you know, they may mention biblical principles. Uh, I'm not really drawn to that type of, of, uh, of ministry, and, and I'm not even saying those ministries are wrong, but I just, I just really am drawn to tell me what the Word says, tell me that it's so, and, I'll, and I believe it, amen? Uh, and that's really, uh, that's really been this whole book is, Here's a thousand scriptures. They're all consistent. They all say the same thing. Here's what they say, and it's so. And uh, it's like, okay, well, then I believe that. Amen? Uh, and so I have been accused of not giving enough Bible before, which, you know, was really odd, you know, because I'm thinking, well, it seems like we taught a lot, teach a lot about the Bible. Well, you could do better. Like, really? Okay, well, you know, why don't we switch places for a while and see how that goes, right? But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's all easy from the cheap seats, right? Uh, and so, but anyway, it's, it's all good. Amen? Uh, and so, so in this reason here, this last reason that of his discussion, he, he is going through, uh, and I'll read what he said. Uh, uh, this is the reason is because of the promises. And he said, because of his marvelous promises, the fulfillment of which depends altogether upon the exercise of our own faith. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that is really the fundamental basis of our relationship with the Lord is he has given us all these promises, thousands and thousands of promises, and uh, we want those promises fulfilled in our lives. We want whatever it is, of fullness of life, fullness of joy, peace, you know, deliverance, whatever the promise is that we see in the Word of God. He says the fulfillment of that promise uh, altogether depends upon the exercise of your own faith. You have to choose that that promise is true and that he, he will do exactly what he says uh, and you have to believe that. Uh, and that's the way that you get that promise fulfilled in your life. Uh, and that's the fundamental uh, basis that the Lord has set up the entire covenant of God between God and man is he made a promise. He wants man to believe that promise. And if man does that, then that promise will be fulfilled in their life. Uh, and that, that is not a difficult proposition. Many times people act like faith is hard. And, I'm, and, and, and I'm, I understand what they're saying and I understand even why they say it, but it, I have no comprehension of why that they think that that's hard. Because faith just simply, you read the Word of God and you ask yourself the question, did God say this? Yes. Did God mean this? Yes. Uh, will God do what He says He would do? And the answer is yes. And that's just all faith is. Uh, it's not hard to understand. It's not hard to even obtain. It's not hard to live in. Uh, did God say these things? Uh, and yet, uh, that, uh, it, and it's not even a nuance. It's, I mean, that's the premise of, of every promise, amen? Uh, and so, if a promise is made and you choose to not have faith in that promise, then do you have access to that promise? Will you see that promise fulfilled in your life? Well, you won't, not by faith, you know. Uh, there, are, there is, on occasion, God will, will uh, sovereignly, on His side, choose to grant you a promise, even if you didn't ask for it, even if, if you're not believing for it. But that's a rarity, right? That's an exception to the rule. That's not the rule. The rule is believe and receive, amen? The exception is on occasion, he'll give it to you anyway. Uh, but many Christians want to live in the, in the exception area. 
right? Where the exception is supposed to be, the rule is that way, you know, almost all the time, but on a rare occasion, the exception kicks in, right? Uh, and yet, uh, that seems to be lost on many Christians. They, they want to live in the, in the area of the exception. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate because then what they'll see is they rarely get to experience a promise of God operating in their life. And then, then they'll have a, develop a philosophy. It's not a biblical principle, but a philosophy of, well, sometimes God says yes, and sometimes God says no, and sometimes, you know, he says wait a while. And they'll, they'll twist the scriptures really to, in such a way, the, the purpose of it, they don't really come out and say it this way, but the purpose of them saying things like that is to remove their responsibility to believe God. It's not my responsibility. God, if it's your will. See, the, see if it's your will is not a statement of faith because you don't know if God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And so you kind of throw it into the Lord's court. Lord, if you want me to have this promise, and from the Lord's side, he's like, but I made the promise. Yeah, but we don't know if you want us to have the promise, but I made the promise. You know, I, I, if you believe, then you'll receive. Yeah, but do you really want me to receive? I don't know if you want me to receive. I just told you I want you to receive. Yeah, yeah but I'm not sure if that's really what you meant, right? And so, since so, so, because we don't want to be so arrogant to just say, well, you said believe and receive, so that sounds like an arrogant and prideful statement. So instead, we don't want to be that firm and that, that uh, strong in our faith. Uh, we're just going to push it over on you. And if you want me to receive, you'll let me have it. And if not, we'll see, then it's not my fault because you have decided that you didn't want me to receive. And that, you know, it's, it, we wrap it up in, 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 in uh, fancy sounding words and use some these and thous and, you know, such, such uh, uh, religious sounding tones and phrases, but it's just, it's just garden variety unbelief, right? It, it's not spiritual, it's not impressive, it's not, oh, it's not pious, you know, oh, look at them, they're so, they're such a religious person. And, uh, and the Lord's like, bleh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I don't know if that's a if technical word or not, uh, but uh, uh, it's distasteful to the Lord because he said, here's my word, follow my word, and you'll receive all that my word has. Uh, and man, mankind, thinking that they are more uh, wise than the Lord, says, but we don't like it that way. We're going to change the premise and say, uh, if you want us to have it, it's all in, uh, locked up in the sovereignty of God. Uh, and men have done that for, for thousands of years. As long as there's been uh, an awareness of the presence of God, men have consistently twisted his words uh, and tried to remove the responsibility to do his words. Uh, and yet, as we see, like with the parable of the talents, uh, will we ever be excused from that responsibility? When the Lord says, hey, I gave you something, go do something with that. Uh, well, I was afraid, Lord. Oh, well, then if you're afraid, I mean, it, then it's okay. No, you know, uh, we're going to X out all the responsibility and, and you're good, you're, you're fine. Is he going to do that? No, he's not going to do that, right? Uh, and so uh, sometimes we think, well, if we excuse our lack of faith by saying, well, we just, you, can, you can't know the will of God. You can't just know the will of God. I mean, I know the Bible says you can know the will of God, but you can't know the will of God. Uh, uh, and yet the word of God says in Colossians 1, 9 that you can be filled with the knowledge of his will of all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Is that what the word of God says? It's what it says, right? And so, well, you can't know the will of God. What did it just say? It just literally says you can know the will of God. Yeah, but you can't know it. But it just says you can know it. I know it says you can know it, but you can't know it. And, and doubt and unbelief to me is just like, you look at it, but, you know, we're not communicating here, right? I mean, I, we're, we both know what the word says, and, and I'm coming from the standpoint of, well, then that's what it says. Uh, and you're coming from the standpoint, well, I know it says that, but it doesn't really mean that, right? Uh, you know, the, when Jesus was on the cross, remember, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, why did he say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God forsook him, right? I mean, it, it, that's not really hard to understand. That's what he says. Well, then, then that's what you have to accept, Amen. Well, I don't, what if I don't like that God forsook Jesus? Well, that, that may be uh, uh, uncomfortable for you to believe that, but it doesn't matter because that's what it says. Amen? If that's what it says, then that's what happened. Uh, and people, I've talked to people that go, well, we know that's what he said, but God didn't forsake Jesus. Well, what did he, well I know he said, but he was just quoting Psalm 22, right? Which is, it is a quote from the Old Testament. So he was just quoting Psalm 22, but he didn't really mean that God forsook him. But, well, if you're saying something, but you don't mean what you're saying, 
That's what you'd call a lie, right? I mean, you know, well, you're beautiful. Do you mean that? Well, no. So you're lying, right? You don't have to say anything, amen? Just don't say anything. You don't have to say, well, you're ugly as sin. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to be that honest about it. Uh, but you don't have to lie about it either. Well, I don't, you know, I don't mean that. And so in order for the, because for some people, they, they can't believe that, that Jesus was taken on the cross. And so they'll take what's a plain statement in the word of God and say, it doesn't say that. It doesn't mean what it obviously means. And, and, and to me, to the oddest thing to me is they're perfectly comfortable with that, with that standpoint. So you can just look at the Word of God and go, I know what it says, it doesn't mean that at all. Well, then, then nothing means anything, amen? Then, then you can have faith in nothing because then it's all shrouded in some mysterious uh, uh, alternate meaning other than the plain words that are on the page. Now, and that would be a tough place to be. And yet many you know, scholars, uh, biblical scholars will come from that standpoint. And they say the word of God doesn't mean that. Uh, and I was, we were at, uh, we were at some little thing where they were introducing, uh, they allowed churches to come and introduce themselves as students and things. Uh, and I had a copy of, we were giving some, some of our materials away. We had a copy of our book called The Will of Man. Uh, and, and somebody made a point, oh, that, that's interesting, you know, because man doesn't have a free will. The dumbest thing I've ever. What do you mean, again, as a free will? You know, the, uh, you know, God's will is all that matters, right? And man's will doesn't have any thing to play in it because he's already decided who's going to get saved and who doesn't get. You know, it's Calvinism, right? John Calvin, who who people uh, profess as a great biblical scholar. I'm thinking, what? Well, you read his premises that that he talks about that man doesn't have a free will. Man's already been decided. God's already decided who gets saved and who doesn't get saved, and you don't have a choice in the matter at all. Uh, and so uh, that, that's the basic premise of Calvinism. That's the dumbest thing um, that, that I've ever heard. The, the premise of it just doesn't make sense, amen? Now, I'm not mad at, at Mr. Calvin. I don't know him, never met him, right? He'd been, he'd been gone a long time. And yet, there's two schools of thought, right? Arminianism and, and Calvinism, uh, and, and people fight wars over it. Well, just for, you know, for me, it's like, I, you actually do that? You study Calvinism, you study Arminianism, just study the Word of God, amen? The Word of God is clear, and, uh, and people, uh, they will spend all this time, I worked with a fellow one time, and he loved, he loved the concept of, of, uh, of um, apologetics, uh, and apologetics in the biblical sense means that you learn how to argue your point of the Word of God based upon the Word of God. And you come up with all the reasons why your point of view is right and everybody else's is wrong. And it's not so much about, well, here's what the Word says. It's here's how I can outmaneuver you mentally and intellectually. Uh, and so, and I said one time, I said, you know, you'd be better off just spending more time studying the Word of God than studying, arguing about the Word of God. Amen. And people study and argue about the, will of, the Word of God. Amen. Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to uh, the book of Mark chapter 11. And so uh, Dr. McCrossin is going to go through several promises and just show that these promises are so. And if they're so, then, uh, then that's how we operate uh, the Word of God. Amen? Uh, and so uh, it says, let, let's start here in Mark 11. Uh, we know the, 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 basic, the basic story here. Well, let, well, let's just start back up in verse 12, and we'll, we'll go through there. In verse 12, it says, On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, uh, he, talking about Jesus, was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily, or perhaps he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. So the, the time frame that they're walking through here is that uh, there shouldn't be any figs on the tree, except that there's leaves on the tree, right? There, there, there is leaves on the tree, which, which indicate, you know, we're coming up springtime, and when springtime's coming, we'll, we'll start to see leaves budding on the tree. And that tells us that soon after that, we'll start seeing, you know, the fruit being produced on the trees. And eventually, they'll produce entire fruit, and we could uh, harvest those fruit for our benefit. And we, we observe that by watching the tree. So the leaves start out. Okay, now we're ready for, for the fruit to start being produced. Well, uh, this tree was out of season. There weren't supposed to be any leaves on the tree. Uh, but what's, the, what's this one fig tree doing? Hey, look at me. I've got leaves. And if I've got leaves, I should have figs. Uh, and, and he doesn't. So 
so this, you know, I've never seen a tree lie before, but apparently this tree is telling a, something that's untrue. Uh, and so uh, how many people are waving uh, to the Lord? Look at me, Lord. Look at how, one, all the wonderful things I can do. And you look in, the, but there's no fruit in your life. You know, you're, you're advertising that you're awesome and amazing and that you have the ability to help and to assist, but you actually can't. Uh, and, you know, you think Jesus was really making a big deal about a tree? He wasn't making a big deal of a tree. He was, he was warning us to not be bragging about uh, things because other scriptures, like in Proverbs, talks about uh, having wind and, and uh, clouds without rain. Wind and clouds without rain, right? And so you, you, it looks like it's going to storm. It looks like it's going to do something, but nothing ever happens, amen? Uh, and so that's not so much the, the intent of this. That's, that's my pastoral role over there, right? We'll, we'll be... That's where we got to help out people, amen? Uh, and so uh, he said, uh, so for the time of figs was not yet, but the tree was advertising that it had fruit on it, and it didn't. And so Jesus said, answered and said, no man eat fruit thereof forever. Uh, and so uh, it's interesting uh, that Jesus cursed this fig tree, right? Uh, what, what did Adam and Eve use to cover themselves in the garden? Fig leaves. I think Jesus just had it against the fig trees, right? You know, for, for assisting Adam and Eve in their sin, right? And so I don't know if there was a, uh, a uh, long-held resentment toward the fig tree, and he's just kind of, you know, setting things even now or not. You know, that's really between him and him, right? Uh, but uh, I'm suspicious that maybe, you know, uh, he owes one to the fig trees, and he's, he's setting things in order now. So, uh, but that's, that's between him and the Father, right? So we'll leave the rest of that alone. Uh, and so uh, then, then uh, they, they went to the temple, cleansed the temple, and they came back uh, in verse 20 and says, In the morning as they passed, passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So as soon as, as, soon as Jesus cursed that, it was dead. Now, it took a while for the manifestation to be observed that it had died, but there were, the, the life ended the moment Jesus said, No, no man eat fruit thereof forever. Uh, and so it took a while, it took a whole day or to the next day for them to observe the consequences of Jesus' words. And it says, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember it, saying to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I like to observe how Jesus operates. Uh, not just what he says, but also how he operates. Because this would have been a great time for Jesus to respond, I told you that when I say things, things happen. I'm really important, and I'm a great man of faith and power. Uh, and what did Jesus say? Nothing about himself, did he? He completely deflected the attention that Peter had drawn to him, right? Peter was drawing the attention to Jesus and his great works, and Jesus immediately deflected that. Even though, is Jesus worthy of attention? Is he worthy to be worshipped? He is, right? I mean, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's worthy of all glory and honor and power and might and dominion. And yet, uh, in this time frame, that was not the time to do that. Amen. And so his response was to completely deflect what Peter said. And he said in verse 22, answering, said to them, have faith in God. Or have the God kind of faith or, or uh, have faith of God. And so, uh, you know, he said, because what he's saying is you could do the same thing. Don't try to uh, brag on me about how wonderful I am you should be doing these same things, right? Because he, Jesus said in other places that the works that I do shall you do also. And then he says, he makes these two great promises here in verse 23 and 24. Uh, and so verse 22 is not a promise, it's a requirement, right? Have faith in God. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment, amen? Uh, have faith in God. It's not a promise, it's a commandment. But in verse 24 or verse 23, it's a promise. It says, for verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says that come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So, in verse 23, uh, how much praying to the Father is there? Uh, if you, you, uh, the, the, the premise is there's a mountain in your life. A mountain is, is causing a hindrance to you completing the will of God, and something needs to be done about the mountain. Uh, and so what did Jesus say to do? Did he say to pray to the Father? <clears throat> did he say to ask the Father? Did he say make a request or petition uh, to the Father in any way? No, there's no prayer in verse 23. 
but is, a, is there a promise? There is a promise because the promise is you do your part and then God will do his part. Who's going to, uh, because the end of the promise is uh, that uh, the tree will be removed and cast into the sea. <clears throat> so that's the result of the promise. So who's going to do the removing and the casting of the mountain into the sea? Uh, are you going to do it? No. Would you have the capacity to do it? You, know, you, ever, you ever done any dirt work and, and, and uh, moved to any kind of amount of uh, dirt? You know, you see them doing these huge, uh, uh, big per, uh, construction projects, and the first phase is to do all the dirt work. Uh, and they will spend months and months and months just doing dirt work. You get these giant machines and these earth loaders and earth, mo earth movers, uh, and yet it takes them months to move a, a small amount of dirt relatively, you know, to the whole earth, right? Now, you go ask them to move Dayton Mountain. Well, that's, they would never get done. You see them mining, you know, sometimes they'll mine like a hillside to get ore or to get gravel or something like that. And they'll be there for years, decades sometimes, because it's so big. Uh, and so th there's no way a human being could do that, amen? Uh, even with large amounts of equipment, diesel-powered equipment, uh, th there's, they don't have the capacity to do it, not in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, and so God is going to do the moving of the mountain. But he doesn't say to ask God to move, move the mountain. He commands you to do something about it. Uh, and, and here, so, so verse 23 is really the authority of the believer. It's not a prayer, right? It's not a request. Uh, it's the authority of the believer. It's you exercising authority in the earth on behalf of the will of God, and you do your part, and God will, will respond to your commandment, right? This is your commandment to, to move the mountain. He said, who did he say to speak to the mountain? He said, for you to speak to the mountain. In fact, uh, how many times did he say to speak to the mountain? If you count, it says it's, it's three times. To say, saith, or says, <clears throat> whosoever shall say, that's the first one, be thou removed to be thou cast in sea, and shall doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, a second one shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. So that's three times. How many times did he talk about believing? One time, right? Be thou removed by the cast of seed, shall not on his heart, but shall believe those things which he, shall, which he saith, which come to pass, you shall have whatsoever he saith. So believe. Believe once, say three times. It's not, it's not a law, a rule, but what he's saying is that faith is commanded by words. Faith is exercised by words. And so what if you don't want to say something to the mountain? What if you think about the mountain? What if you think bad thoughts about the mountain? You dumb mountain, you move. What if you think about it? Is that, is that how he prescribed us to operate? No, he prescribed us to operate by speaking faith. Because Now, what's the whole premise? He says, if you say these things and you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. So I believe when I speak to the mountain, something's going to happen. And what's going to happen is the mountain will be removed. Now, what kind of a mountain is this? Could it be a natural mountain? Well, I mean, uh, when you read the context of the, of the promise there, does God put any constrictions on what that mountain could be? Nope. Could it be a mountain in the natural realm? Could it be a mountain in the soulish realm? Could it be a mountain in, in the physical, uh, in sense of health or healing realm? Could it be a mountain in the spiritual realm, right? Like a devil or demonic uh, oppression of some kind. He doesn't put any constriction on it. And we were doing a Bible study one time, trying to help out some folks, and they said, well, there's only spirit, that's only talking about spiritual mountains. And, and I go back and, well, does it say spiritual mountains? Does it say spiritual mountains? Who shall us say to the spiritual mountains? You know, the convenience of pushing everything into the spirit mountain world is, could you prove that it worked or not worked? I mean, you can't see the mountain if it's in the spirit realm, so, you, oh, yeah, it worked. Well, how do you know? I, I'm, I just, it worked. Well, you don't have any proof of that, right? But if, see, if you put it in every realm, even in the realm that you can see, you kind of know if you got faith because if it didn't work, if the mountain's still there, you wake up the, morning, the next morning and it's still there, well, then you didn't believe, amen? Uh, and so, so the promise is that, that you, by faith, right, because you, the, 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 the promise is <clears throat> um, that you have to do the speaking, but you do the speaking by faith. So what, what, what's your faith in? The faith is, 
he said uh, that you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that the things which you say will come to pass. So the faith is, is when you speak, it happens. Now, well, you, you don't have faith in what you say. It literally says you have to have faith in what you say. Amen? So people say, well, well I'm going to say it, and, and I'm going to believe God's going to do it. Yeah, but do you believe that, you, that, you, that your words will cause that to happen? Well, you can't believe that. It's what, the, it's what the instructions tell you to do. Amen? But your faith, is, of course, is ultimately in the one who's moving the mountain. Amen? But you have to have faith uh, that your words, and, and, and I'll tell you this because it, it's helped me years ago. You know, I, I've gotten to where if I'm going to say something and declare it like this, I listen to my own words. You ever listen to your own words? You can listen to your words. And, and there's been times when I've said something and then immediately I say, I don't believe the thing I just said. You know, because you can tell. You ever done that? Say something? Oh, I don't believe that. I said it because, you know, by law in, in the charismatic world, you have to say things. Amen. You, you, you're required to just say stuff. Uh, but do you believe it? Do you believe that, what, that exactly what you said is what's going to happen? Because he says, believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Do you believe that? Well, I, I hope so. Well, that's, hoping so is not faith. Amen? Amen. When, uh, and, and so what I always encourage people to do is don't say anything yet. You go and you meditate on the word of God. You meditate on the promise of God. You meditate on the will of God. Lord, is it your will that this mountain be removed? Because, you know, you don't just run around going, mountain move, mountain move. Well, you know, some people live on those mountains. Amen? And so, sometimes we're selfish as Christians. Lord, uh, I, I, I want to have no rain for 30 days because, you know, I want to get a nice tan. And the guy next to you goes, well, I'm, but I'm growing crops. I needed a rain the next 30 days. You know, so sometimes we get selfish, right? And we want God to move on our behalf without any consideration of anybody else in the entire world. I know it's new information. There are actually other people in the world besides us. Uh, really? There's other people? Yes, there are other people who have desires and wants. And so you have to be careful about how you pray and what you ask for and make sure it doesn't impact other people in a selfish way. Now, you may be praying on behalf of other people uh, that, that uh, what you do is assist, assisting them. You know, it's like if a big storm's coming, does anybody care that the storm doesn't bring death and destruction? No, everybody's going to be glad that no death and destruction comes. So you don't need to ask the Lord about that. Uh, you can believe God for that. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but <clears throat> the key is uh, what you say, the way faith operates is uh, what comes first, the faith or the words? Not a trick question, right? Faith should come first, right? You should never speak unless faith is there. And that's the key, right? Because uh, a lot of times people, well, I hope if I say it, that God will back that up. Well, your faith is not that God's going to back you up. Your faith is when I say it, it will happen. Isn't that what Jesus said? He made it very clear. You've got to believe that when you say it, it shall come to pass what you said. So do you believe that, right? Well, you don't, it's not about you, it's about God. Well, I know it's about God, because who's doing the work? God does the work, but you have to have confidence that what you say will come to pass. If you don't have confidence that what you say, in other words, you don't, if you don't have faith that what you say will come to pass, it will not come to pass. And that's a failure in many people when they, they just say things, well, I'm supposed to say it. No, you're supposed to have faith first. You're supposed to have faith that, that faith gets so big in you that, 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 that it's all you can do to keep from saying it. And, and if you're not there, then you don't say it yet. You go back and meditate. You go back and, 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 and declare to the Lord how big he is and how true his word is and how much power that he's given to the church and, and, and the assignment that he's given to you to do these things. And you meditate on that and, and you, you think about it and you go over and over it in your heart and you, and you speak the confidence of the word that it's so, that it's true, that when he said to do these things, it'll come to pass before you ever say it. Because what happens many times is Christians just say stuff all the time. And then nothing happens. And they go, you know, this, it's, this doesn't really work. You know, this faith it doesn't work for me. Well, of course it doesn't work for you because you don't believe that when you say things, things happen. Amen? So you've, so you've got to be careful. You know, you should say uh, what, what will happen if you'll do that, you'll end up saying a whole lot less. And you'll wait until you're compelled by faith. You've got to speak. You've got to say it now. Say it now. <clears throat> and so... Uh, so the, the commandment, see this promise, this is, this is the authority of the believer. You are the authority on the earth. God has placed that authority in you. And there's no prayer in verse 23. There's no request of heaven to move any mountains. Don't ask in God, Lord, please move this mountain out of my life. Because if you do, you're in rebellion to the plan and will of God. He instructed you to speak to the mountain. Well, you can't just speak to the mountain. 
That's what Jesus said to do. Amen? See, if we would approach the Word of God like a child would, would, would approach it, see, a child wouldn't they go that, oh, okay, I guess i got to speak the mountain. They'll run around speaking every mountain in the world, you know, and then the whole world is flat right, right after that. Amen? Uh, see, children just, if that's what's said, then that's what they'll do. But somehow we get really smart as adults and lose all faith because he starts out with half faith in God. Amen? Our faith is that God will, will, will move the mountain on our behalf. You remember uh, uh, the story with, with Elijah in the rain? He told Ahab, the king, it will not rain until I say it's going to rain. And what happened? It stopped raining. Now, now who caused it to stop raining? Well, God did it in essence, but who did the speaking? Elijah did it. He asked God to, Lord, I'm asking you to, to not let it rain. No, he didn't ask God. He just said, hey, it ain't going to rain. Well, why did it rain? Because he said it wasn't going to rain. Now, and he, he was a great man of faith. I mean, he, he was really, you know, Elijah was a great man of faith, and I appreciate his example that he left to us. Now, he, he went to the Lord because uh, he didn't know how to get it turned back on, right? So he had to go to the Lord and pray, Lord, we need to turn back on, right? Remember, he prayed seven times. But he didn't quit. He didn't quit after one, two, three, four, five, or six. Uh, you see him raining? Yeah, no, not yet. All right, I'm going to go back. We're going to get it done. Uh, amen. Uh, and so, but uh, uh, in verse 23, see, this is a great promise because you have responsibilities and God has responsibilities. And in our heart, it's not true, but in our heart, we have the harder part. I mean, I've got to speak to the mountain and I've got to believe that the mountain removed. That seems awful hard. Well, just try swapping jobs with God. He'll speak and he wants you to move the mountain. You'll move what? You know, we had a, we had a, a, a big uh, red oak tree fall in our backyard one time, a small, it was actually a, a, like a microburst tornado came through and, and, and knocked over this huge, huge red, remember that red oak tree in the back of our yard? Uh, and when it, when it came down, it took up about as much, about as much room as this, as this uh, uh, stage area. That much dirt was pulled up with that tree when it fell over. Uh, and so I, so we got somebody to cut it down and, uh, or cut it up. And, uh, but I had to fill, backfill this, this hole, this giant crater from this tree. And so I go out with my amazing shovel. I'm going to go fill up this hole. And I, and I dug and I dug and I dug and, and nothing happened. Right? You, ever, you ever go to these restaurants and they give you this giant salad bowl full of food and you eat and you eat and you eat and you're like, you haven't done anything. You're a complete failure. You've eaten for an hour and nothing's happened and the same amount of food there still. And that's what it was, just taking a shovel, trying to move this amount of dirt with a hand shovel. Uh, and I thought, this, this is for the birds. Uh, and so I called up somebody, whoever you call, you know, and you go rent one of those little bobcat, you know, front loader things. Uh, and, and you can move that dirt in no time, right? It, it's, uh, 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 you know, a, a great toy, right? And mostly I just wanted to play in, in the sand. Uh, and so that's why I rented it. But it was, it was a lot of dirt. And there's no way I'd still be doing that today. Uh, trying to move that amount of uh, dirt with a shovel. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't do this thing in your own power. God does the actual work. But he wants you to have faith in your words, right? You have to believe that when you say these things, amen, is that what he says, right? Uh, that, that you shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. So, so the, the faith is in your words and that God's going to back up those words. Now, a lot of people will call that heresy. A lot of people will say that you're out of order, that you're in pride, that you're error. I, I'm just reading what the commandment of the, the master told us. He said, this is how I expect you to operate. That when you say it, you speak to the mountain. And, and you, know, he didn't, you know, he didn't say, well, now start with small, start with like an anthill. And when you get that, you know, and, and that's, that's not a bad way to start if you, if you don't know anything about faith. You know, go start with, don't start with a mountain. Uh, start with something that, where your faith is at. But uh, Jesus said, uh, you have the capacity to get to the point of your mountain. And that's not like, well, nobody ever gets there. Plenty of people can get there. Amen. In the history of time, there's plenty, plenty of people who have mountain moving faith. Uh, and so, but you declare. You declare with your words. You declare with faith in your words. Uh, and God will back that up. Uh, and, and so, and people say, well, God's not your errand boy. They'll, they'll try to diminish faith by saying, God's not your errand boy. I'm not saying God's my errand boy. I'm saying I'm doing what the master told me to do, and he will do what he, what he said he would do. He said, if you'll speak and you believe that what you, what you speak will come to pass, he said, I'll move that mountain. 
It's obvious that God's going to do the, do the moving of the mountain, amen, but based upon your words and your, and your declaration. And so, uh, so what mountains can you move? Well, that, that's where, uh, where we mentioned earlier is you have to make sure that whatever you say, it's in the plan and will of God. But some things are obvious. Is it ever God's will for you to be sick? No. Then you could speak to the mountain of sickness in your life, and it has to move. You don't have to, uh, to do need to ask God, but if there's some things, you know, Lord, I want that car, Lord, I want that job, uh, it, it's always good to check in with headquarters. Is his will for you to have that thing or to remove that thing out of your life? Lord, I don't like, I don't, I don't like people. Uh, you know, in the name of Jesus, all you people leave out of my life. Well, the Lord's like, but I need you to help people. That's why I put you on earth, right? Because there's people on the earth. So, you know, I know I'm being a little facetious there, but sometimes... We get out of the will of God. Well, I need all the lights to turn green for me in the name of Jesus because I just don't like waiting at red lights. Okay, then it means half the other people are all going to be at red lights because if you only get green lights, then it means all the other people get red lights. Amen. Is that fair? Is that, is that uh, walking in, in love and kindness and preferring your brother over yourself? No. So it's not likely that that is a valid prayer because you're out of the will of God to start with. Amen. Uh, and so what you need to do is if this is not working for you, what I would do is, is I would go to the Lord and ask him to teach and instruct you. Lord, why is, does this not work for me the way it should? And he's like, well, would you like a list? Uh, you were selfish about that one. I never told you to do that thing over there. Uh, you just did it for your own benefit to see, to see if it was cool or not. Uh, and so, and I've even seen people on, on YouTube and stuff uh, and say, watch this, you know, in the name of Jesus, stop raining. And see, it stop raining. And I don't believe it for a second. Because they're just, they're just trying to show the, uh, how awesome they are and trying to obtain glory uh, about doing these things. And it's just, to me, it's distasteful, right? Uh, because it's, the Lord didn't say, uh, you know, play games with faith. Amen. These are serious things. And if we move a mountain, it's a serious thing. Amen. Uh, and so, but verse 23 is a great verse. It's a promise, right? You have responsibility and God has responsibility. And again, the promises always, always work that way. Your promise is to, is to, he said in verse 22, have faith in God so that you start in faith. Then the faith causes you to speak to the mountain and you continue in faith. You don't, you don't doubt that what you say will come to pass. And then, and then you watch God operate and work. And he said, it shall be done. And, and, and like at the end of it, he shall have What? At the very end of the verse, he shall have what? Whatsoever, Whatsoever he said. So did he put a, a big constraint? Well, it's only for very specialized, uh, very rare circumstances. No, this should be kind of a normal part of your life. I mean, if there's any hindrance in your life, whether it's people or places or things, you know, Brother Randy was talking about a story just the other day. He was watching when he was in Wichita. He was talking about uh, he had uh, his airplane uh, which he uses to fly places, right? Because that's what you use an airplane for, right? To go from point A to point B. Uh, now, if you're flying commercial, you go from point A to point B through C, D, E, and F, and G. But if you've got your own plane, you can go from point A to point B and nothing in between, amen? It's a lot, lot better deal. Uh, and so, but he, uh, he had it in the shop back in October and they, well, we got to change out this one piece. And they got it, it ain't, it ain't working. And they, they did this, changed that, moved this, tweaked that, still nothing. Couldn't figure it out. Well, well it might be this, might be that. And, and, and months went by. And we were in, in, in Florida with them in January. And from October, to, uh, November, December, January, still hadn't been fixed. Uh, and then, uh, so that was in the end of January, and here we are into February, still not fixed. Five months, that's a long time to be without your primary motor. You know, you imagine your car. Right, that you use to travel to work every day. Well, he uses this airplane to travel to work. The car in the shop for five months because the canooter valve's not working. Well, just get another one. Uh, amen? I remember years ago, I had, uh, we had uh, somebody install a, um, a radio for us, uh, and uh, they messed up the radio when they were installing it. And days went by, yeah, we're still working on it, and, and weeks went by. And, and finally, I went to the owner and said, look, you've had our car. You're, you're trying to, fi- I didn't mess it up. You messed it up when you were installing. Now you're trying to fix this thing that you messed up. But, you're, but I need this car. And I need, you, I need to fix now. And, and the, the owner said, oh, we'll take care of it. And he did. Within a day, we got it back. 
Uh, well, you know, he, he was been messing with this thing for five months. And finally, just, just the faith of God rose up in him and he started speaking to the mountain. In the name of Jesus, you get fixed. Whatever the hindrance is, you fix it in the name of Jesus. I bind all these devils that are hindering because uh, these things ought not break. Amen. You know, a lot of Christians, they're just used to well, things just breaking, not working half the time, and it's just being in an unknown. No, that's not the life of the child of God. Amen. Life of the child of God is everything you lay your hands to shall prosper. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's the life. Of, and when, when, when you're getting out of that, if there's a situation where it's not prospering, you know, I know, I know things happen, but sometimes uh, you observe that th there's more than just kind of the normal things going on here. It shouldn't take five months to fix a thing, right? Uh, and so the, the, the unction of the Lord came into him uh, and he started speaking to the mountain in the name of Jesus. He said in a day, he got fixed, right? Uh, and he got his airplane back. Uh, and so, so sometimes uh, the unction of the Lord will come and compel you speak to that mountain. And that's a good way to do it because then you know for sure you've got the backing of the Lord, right? You know, you, you're in the will and plan of God. Uh, and it's not, so, well, that's being selfish. What's being selfish about needing the equipment that you bought and paid for that you need to do the work of the ministry nothing wrong with with commanding that the, the equipment uh, remains in good working order because the, the only purpose of the equipment is to assist you to do the work of god and the plan of god amen uh, and so uh, a lot of time people will constrain it well this is only for certain things only for spiritual things is there's there any limit on this no there's no limit amen now, again you uh, you've got to be you do have to be careful in the sense of uh, uh, we either get one ditch on one side or the other ditch on the other side. We start, you know, doing all these things and we, we become selfish and self-centered. And, and we want uh, our mountain to be removed even at the cost and the expense for somebody else who was wanting that mountain, needed that mountain, amen? Uh, so uh, the, the only care that you've got to take care of, of operating this verse is make sure in the will of God, which is really the premise of every prayer that, uh, and every promise that you believe God for is what's the will of God for that promise. Amen. If the hindrance is, if the mountain is a hindrance to you and to completing the will and plan of God in your life, then for sure you have the right and privilege to, to cause it to be moved and God will deal with whatever the ramifications are for other people if there are ramifications, just like for that uh, uh, thing with his airplane, uh, the people that were fixing it, they're going to be out money because they had to warranty this thing uh, that wasn't working right. Well, the Lord can bless them. Amen. Uh, and so... You're not just, well, you just need to be nice and polite as a Christian and just let, you know, let, you know, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, that's not how you operate as a faith person. Amen. A first faith person says, this is the way it's going to be. Right. And I command it to be that way. Yes. Uh, we, don't, we don't just let things come into our life. And, we'll let, you know, some things, sometimes these things happen, right? You win some, you lose some. Uh, no, that, that is words of, of uh, people of no faith. Amen. People of faith is, this is the way my life is going to be full of health and prosperity, full of soundness of mind, full of victory in everywhere that I go. Uh, now, that's what the master told us. Who told us to say these things? The Lord Jesus did. Did he limit it only to fig trees? No. no. In fact, the context of this was a fig tree, and what would have happened if Jesus let that fig tree go on? Not much, right? I mean, it wasn't really a, even a big thing. It was to him, but in the great scheme of things, you know, I mean, it's one tree out of how many? Right? They were in, they, yeah, they were in Bethany, which was the place for figs, fig trees. So they probably had thousands of fig trees in this area of the country. <clears throat> and, and so, what would it matter for one tree? It mattered to Jesus. It mattered to Jesus. This tree w was advertising uh, false promises. And Jesus, we're not having that. I created creation. I commanded creation to come into existence. And yes, sin caused creation to be twisted. Uh, and He's putting creation back in order that this tree was out of order and he's putting it back in order. You're out of order and you don't need to be around anymore. Uh, and so now he did that for a fig tree. You're not going to do that with people, but, um, but he did that with a fig tree. He commanded creation to operate on his behalf because it says he was hungry, right? And the, the fig tree was advertising, I can provide for you sustenance, provide for you food. Oh, just kidding, not really. You're lying to me, fig tree. End of, end of the road for you. Now, who did that? Jesus did that, right? He did that because the fig tree promised to assist him and it had no ability to assist him. He said, well, enough of that. We're not having that. Uh, creation is here to assist you as the king, uh, in the kingdom of heaven. All of creation is on the earth 
for your benefit, all of creation. Every tree, every blade of grass, every wind and, and cloud and drop of rain is here to assist you. And you have to believe that. Amen? Uh, you, well, you know, something you just can't help, you know. Uh, uh, it, uh, sometimes it just rains on your head. You can't do anything about it. If it's not time for rain, then you command that rain to stop. Amen? Amen. Now, so you really have to meditate on verse 23, that you've got to speak. Uh, he's talking about speaking three times as much as he is believing. You've got to uh, check to see, is there any doubt in your heart? Uh, and you've got to believe that what you say will come to pass. Is that what he said? Is that the prescription? You've got the, what you say will come to pass. Lord, this is what's going to happen. Uh, and he says, if you do that, then you will have whatsoever you say. Whatsoever. No, no limit. Amen. Within the will of God, there's no limit. Uh, and so that is the prayer of faith. That's a great promise. You do this and he'll do that. And then he says in verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now we call this one, verse 24, is the prayer of faith. Because, uh, is this a prayer? He literally says, when you pray. Right? So verse 24 is you're interacting with heaven. Amen? You're going to the Father in heaven. Jesus taught, taught us in John chapter 16 that, that uh, hitherto you have asked uh, nothing in my name. Uh, ask and you shall receive. Ask in my name, and you shall receive. So now we ask the Father. Hitherto you have asked the Father nothing in my name. Uh, but so now, uh, he said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. So who do you pray to? You pray to the Father. Uh, in what name do you pray? You pray in the name of Jesus, right? Uh, and so uh, other groups in the church, they say, well, you can pray to Mary, right? You can pray to, to St. Saint, Saint Joseph, right? Or, or St. Doodad about this and that. There's no, there's no scriptural precedence for praying to anybody other than to the Father. Uh, and so you pray to the Father, and you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. He says, whatsoever things you desire. So it starts out, uh, so this promise is you're going to obtain something, which is not unlike the promise in verse 23. Uh, it wasn't so much you obtained a thing, but you obtained a result. Amen, in verse 23, but in verse 24, you're obtaining a thing. Uh, and so... Verse 24 says, what things soever you desire, so you have a desire. So, uh, as it was in verse 23, does that mean any desire that just comes into your mind? Well, no. I mean, the desire or the mountain or whatever it is has to line up with the will and plan of God. Now, in the will and plan of God, you, you can live a big life. Amen? It's not, a, it's only, it's not, in some people's like, it's only one or two things in your life ever that you get to have a desire and God will meet that desire. No, that's not, that's not that way at all. If you're living a, a good Christian life with the desire to fulfill God's plan uh, for your life, then basically just have whatever you want to have. You want a new car? Yeah, no, no. You want a new house? Yeah, no problem. You, you want uh, health and prosperity? No problem. Would the Lord, does the Lord care if you have those things? No, he doesn't care. Uh, but do you want that thing? You know, some people get into, they get into a mode of competition, right? Well, I've got to have more than you have or I've got to have bigger than you have, uh, and they get twisted, right? It's not about the thing that they desire to thing. They desire to glory over you, right? That I've got more than you. Well, that's out of the will and plan of God, amen? Does the Lord want you to glory in your, the things that you have? Take glory and to, to uh, be bragged upon about the, about the natural substance that you own? No, so you're, you would be out of the will of God. But what if you wanted a new car? Does the Lord care if you have a new car? No, uh, well, you only need to get a new car if you need a new car. He, he said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever only you need absolutely is a very bare minimum when you pray. Is that what it says? No, there's no bare minimum in there. And if people say, well, you can't ask God for big things. Okay, well, who's, who's deciding on what the, the size of the thing? Is it you? Is there, is there a position in the body of Christ that you're the decider of big things or little things? And besides that, if it's big or little, who's that in, in, in comparison to? Who, who's measuring that? Well, God would measure that. Is there any big thing with God? Anything, anything impossible with God? Well, we know the, the Word of God literally says there's nothing impossible with God. So if it's only big things, uh, that doesn't even make any sense because there's nothing big in relation to the, the power of God. And so you've got to knock out these, these old cobwebs of doubt and unbelief and constraints of faith, uh, and just read the Word of God. Just read it, right? It says, therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. Now again, 
Uh, people say, well, what if you desire a pink elephant? Is there any, any, do, are there any pink elephants in the world? Well, no, then, then how are you going to get a pink elephant? Where's it going to come from? Amen? Uh, and so what if, you, you know, what, what if you want your neighbor's wife? Well, I mean, is that, is that reasonable? Of course it's not reasonable. And he's like, yeah, but you've seen her. I mean, you know, she's really upgrade for my wife, you know. Well, you're a terrible person, amen, uh, because that's out of the will of God. And so uh, some things are obvious, and you shouldn't ever spend any time with people trying to come up with hypotheticals. Well, what about this? What about that? What are they doing? They're just looking for excuses to, to be in doubt and unbelief. I don't have time for that. You know, you, whatever. If you don't have a desire for anything, then fine. None of my business, right? But every human being desires things, amen? And, and many things that they desire are perfectly fine and normal. They want a stable household. They want a roof over their head that doesn't leak. They want a car that when they turn on the ignition, it doesn't explode. I mean, they're not asking for a lot of sometimes, but even if they're asking for a lot, what's it matter? I want a really nice car, right? Uh, well, how, how nice is too nice? And, you know, Dr. Jared, he, he's got these stories where some of his professors would get up and say, well, you can't ask for too big of things uh, because you're going to Christian school, right? And, but it doesn't mean they all have faith. And, and of course, you know, you want to raise your hand. Well, well, well who's deciding that? Is it you? Are you the one who's... Well, you can't, you know, you're, you're wrong if you ask for too nice of a car. Based on what? Now, the question is, how much faith do you have, right? Do you have faith for... Because one thing that Brother Randy said that I really like his statement, he says, whatever you obtain, you must maintain. So, yeah, you can buy the Rolls Royce, but it's going to cost you $1,000 every time you want the oil changed, Right? You want air in your tires? That's $600 a tire. For air? Yeah, but it's good air. Well, it's not that good air. It's just air, right? Yeah, but it's Rolls Royce air, right? Now, look, I, personally, I don't want a Rolls Royce because, I mean, I have to drive to, you know, Atlanta every time I want to get the tires rotated. I don't want to drive to Atlanta every time I want my car worked on. Now, if you want to, I don't care if you want a Rolls Royce, amen? Now, I want 50 head of cattle. I don't want 50 head of, You know what I got to do if you got 50 head of cattle? You got to feed them. And you got to take care of them. And you got to call a vet. What's that? You've got to give them shots. I mean, there's a lot of work. I don't have time for that. I don't want that. Now, some people, I love cattle more than anything. That's great. I don't want a cow. I want a horse, right? I want more than anything. I want a horse. Having a horse is like having a really big child, right? You've got to pet the thing and go talk to it and go feed the thing, a lot of food. I don't want a horse. And now, and some people, I want a horse more than anything. That's great. I'm glad you want a horse. I don't want a horse. I don't have a desire for a horse, amen? But what, but, so is it wrong if you do? It's not wrong if you do because that's perfectly fine, Amen. And so people do. My daughter wants a horse more than anything. I, I, my faith is, Lord, I want her to have a horse. I don't want to have a horse. You know, I'm not going to hold it at my house. No. You want a horse, you've got to believe God for a barn too, right? And some land and some, some food, all that stuff. And for the time to care for it. Don't call me. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. Did you go feed the horse? I ain't feeding your horse. Amen? Uh, and so I'll get, I'll get the Uber to come over and feed the horse. Uh, and so, but what's, what things shall we desire? So, so how big can that be? As big as your faith. What is your faith? Amen. See, because whatever you obtain by faith, you must maintain by faith. So some people want a giant house. That's great. Are you, are you able to pay the property taxes on the house? Are you able to pay the electric bill on the house? Are you able to pay the lawn mowing bill to, to mow the, the yard for the house? See, people want things, but they don't really think about all the ramifications of their decisions. And so sometimes they get into just, you know, they're really kind of out of order, right? They just want something because, well, they want this big thing. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of ministries, they, 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 all, they all think they have to have jet airplanes. And again, does the Lord care if you have? I don't care. The Lord doesn't care if you have a jet airplane. But if you want a jet airplane, you know, it's, you're going to expect a million dollars a year in maintenance. Just, just to get it out the door. Because right? every time you well, we wanted to, to change out the air in the cabin. Yeah, that's, that's $50,000. Like it's air. Yeah, but it's airplane air, right? And so it's, it's just more expensive. And so, uh, so, you know, you have to, you have to understand the ramifications of your desire. Amen? So what things you desire? But, but within the confines of a, of a good, normal uh, Christian walk with the Lord, you've got a big area of desire that's perfectly fine with the Lord. You know, there's nothing wrong to want a good car and a good house and, and a good job and uh, in a stable environment in your family. There's nothing wrong with those things. Nothing wrong with wanting nice clothes. And I mean, Jesus talked a lot about that in Matthew chapter 6. Go read all that. He says, I don't care about anything. You just do whatever you want. No problem. Uh, in fact, if you want more than Solomon, he said, no problem. Uh, you know, uh, no problem at all. <clears throat> but again, you have to check your own heart. I can't judge your heart for you. Well, that desire is just wrong. I, I, 
you know, unless it's obviously against the word of God, like, Lord, I, more than anything, I want to commit adultery. You think the Lord's going to hook up with that one? No, he's not going to hook up with that. That's obvious, amen? But then, you know, how big of a car is, is too big of a car? I don't know. I don't have, there's nothing I have to tell you about that, amen? Uh, where, where is your faith? How big of a car do you have faith for, amen? Because, you know, uh, uh, used $3,000 car faith is, is probably not as big as, as brand new $100,000 car faith. Uh, and so, because you have to maintain both of them, amen? And so, uh, again, uh, when you pray, uh, what things every desire, when you pray. So then you have a desire. Now, in, in verse 24, the thing you have to appreciate is uh, the desire has to be something that's not already covered in the Word of God. Because if it's covered in the Word of God, then there's no need to pray about it. Amen? And so you have to understand that, that now, is a car covered in the Word of God directly, specifically? No, then it's okay to pray about that, amen, to, to believe God for that car. Uh, but what about health? What about physical healing? Is physical healing covered in the Word of God? Yes. Many times over, it's covered in the, in the Word of God. So really, physical healing is a verse 23 situation. Speak to the mountain and command it to be removed out of your life. I'm not having sickness and disease. Is there a need to pray if you already know the will of God? No, and so no need to pray but, you know, if you don't know the will of God, then you ask the Lord to fulfill you for something that's not already covered in the will of God. Uh, and so he said, uh, what's everything you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them. So you're going to the Lord with a request, and the expectation is you receive that request. You're not going to the Lord to find out if perhaps he would grant your request or perhaps he would deny your request. You're not going with the, with the possibility that the, that the answer could be yes or the answer could be no. That's not what verse 24 says. Verse 24, he says, you go with the expectation that the answer is yes. So then you have to go and know that, that you're not violating the will of God with your desire. Uh, and, 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 but in that realm, there's a big realm, right? There's a big space of, of what your desire could be that would be perfectly fine and acceptable with God uh, and not violate any principles of the word of God. Lord, I want you to cause you know, my neighbor to, or, or, or my fellow student to get a worse grade than I get in school because I want to be the number one student in class. Well, you think the Lord's going to back that up? No, no he's going to back that up because you would harm, have to harm somebody else. He would have to harm somebody else to cause you to prosper. Amen. Now, you can pray and believe God that you do well, that you miss no questions, that you answer the, the questions perfectly fine, right? I had a pop test from a professor one time, uh, and, and they just had an attitude. Well, you know, you, you know is it is in, a, is in Bible school? You know, I know it's Bible school, but still. Uh, you know, you all aren't doing your job of studying. Uh, and so I'm just going to give you a pop test. And, and you know, he, he just had a real attitude about it. Now, I hadn't studied that things because, you know, you know when the tests are coming and you're taking your notes and you're doing your part, you know, but you're not studying those notes every day. You, there's life, right? Uh, and so, <clears throat> but he had his attitude. Did you need to be studying these notes every day? Yeah, right, right. You go do that, right? Let me see what kind of student you were when you were in school. And so I just... Pray, Lord, you know, uh, you know, I hadn't studied these things, but I, w I was there for all the, all the classes. So I ask you to help me. Now, see, uh, there's no specific promise I already had to do well on a test. So I had a desire to do well on the test. I prayed, and I believed that the Lord would help me. And so I took the test, and, and, and I aced it 100%. Now, and they got so, the teacher got so mad at me. Uh, I said, yeah, I, I made 100 on your test. You know, I was intending for you to fail because I want to show you how terrible a student you were. Well, the Lord doesn't want me to fail. Does the Lord want you to fail? He don't want you to fail. And so he overrode the, the attitude of the professor. I'm sorry, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, you don't know who it was, and so uh, no big deal. But still, uh, I had, uh, that, that's, a, that's a normal thing. Now, for, now, in the great scheme of things, was it a huge, what if I failed? What it mattered? What if I succeeded? Well, it mattered in, in the scheme of things, other than I had a desire, I prayed, I believed that I would receive assistance to help me to remember, to call to my remembrance everything that I, that I was taught, and, and I received that. That was my faith. Amen? He said, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And so the teacher should have bragged on me. Wow, you did, you did Mark eleven twenty four. That's amazing. You did such a good job. Thank you for doing Mark eleven twenty four. Like, no, you're, you're, you know, I'm mad at you because, you know, you overrode my attitude uh, with prayer. <laughs> like, well, you know, I'm sorry, but um, so 
So, but verse 24 is, is exactly like verse 23 in the sense that there is a promise, which means that you have responsibility and God has responsibility. And the promise in verse 24 is uh, you've got three things to do. You have a desire, you pray, and you believe. And after you do those three things, see, that's your part, and God cannot do his part until you fulfill your part. You do your part, and then you'll receive. Well, I hope I get it. Well, then you missed the believing part. Amen? Well, you know, I, I, just want, I just want to have the biggest car so I can brag about the car. Well, then you're failing in the design part, right? Well, I just figured if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Then you're failing in the praying part. So th there's a lot of ways for you to fail. It's not really that hard, but, you know, people fail this every day. They, 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 they go to the Lord, if you want me to have it, well, that's not believing that you receive, right? That's believing that maybe God will say yes, maybe God will say no. Well, that's not what it says. It says, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you can add in it without changing the, the intent of that, receive them 100% of the time. Because that's what it implies, right? That you receive 100% of the time without exception. <clears throat> and, and then you shall have them. So, verse 24 is the prayer of faith. We make a prayer to heaven for a request for something that we don't have, that we don't have an existing promise that we can fall back upon. See, if there's a mountain in your way, you can speak to the mountain, right? Uh, so if, if my mountain was, I just can't remember uh, Bible verses like I need to for school. Well, that's a mountain. Then you could speak to that in the name of Jesus, bring you work correctly. You know, that would be a mountain, right? But in this case, it wasn't a mountain. I had, you know, I have good recall normally as a student, but since I hadn't studied it, you know, I, would, I need supernatural intervention. Uh, and so, and the Lord did. He provided me for supernatural intervention. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so don't, don't mess with me, right? I'll just believe God and get around it. You, you want to throw, throw uh, potholes in my life in front of me, try to trip me up? I'll just believe around it. Amen. Uh, just uh, don't try me. You know, we'll, 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 um, we'll believe God. Amen. Now I won't pray, Lord, hurt them. There's no way I'd pray that, right? Uh, and I wasn't doing it to, to, you know, I was excited. Look, look uh, Professor, I believe God and got 100% return. Shut up. Get out of my face. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, you know, and I, I just go along the way. That the Lord loves me. Amen. You want to try to, to subvert my life? The Lord loves me. I, you know, I don't know about you, but I know he loves me. Amen. Uh, and so, so uh, again, promise. Your side always, you know, the promise comes first, right? And the Lord puts it out there. Then you have your part to do. And, and if you do your part, then God will do his part. And the, failure, the only failure is not on the promise being made or the promise being received. The, the failure is in, did you do your responsibility? And if you do your responsibility, then God always guarantees to get you your part. Amen? Well, what if I don't get it? Well, then you've got to go back and find out where you failed. Amen? Maybe you didn't believe. Maybe you didn't say the right things. Maybe your desire was out of order. Amen? Uh, but uh, it shouldn't be because, well, God just didn't want to bless me with that nice thing. Well, really? The, the God who loves you enough to send his own son didn't love enough to, to give you a car that doesn't explode every time you turn it on? It seemed like God would care about you more than that. You'd care about your children more than that, wouldn't you? Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. <clears throat> and Father, we thank you that your promises are sure and uh, unchangeable in your word. If you declared your promise, Father, uh, then uh, we can execute faith in your promise. And Father, I thank you so much that you gave us very specific promises of speaking to the mountain. Uh, if it's a mountain, a, a hindrance to our life, uh, you already promised right now that, that in any situation we can speak to the mountain and it will be removed. But then you gave us generic promises, Father, that whatsoever we desire, that it covers every other scenario in our life, things that aren't already covered in your word, you covered it in that promise, Father, that we can come to you humbly in faith, believing that, Lord, I have a request that you've not covered in your word, and I'm asking you to, to meet this request. And I believe that you will, because you told me to, and you told me that you would meet that need. And so, Father, I thank you that you covered the specific areas and the general areas, and all the areas are done by faith. And so, Father, we believe your word. We believe that what you said is so. We thank you for these things, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. There's going to be a lot of uh, flat mountains coming around, right, after a message like that. Amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Uh, and, you know, the, the life of, the, of a faithful Christian should be a life uh, of, of overcoming. Amen. It's not that you don't have things in your life, but it's just, oh, I got to deal with that. Okay, it's taken care of. I got to deal with that. It's taken care of. 
We just deal with things and we move on. Amen? So many people get stuck because they can't overcome things and they don't know how to get out of that. And come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And the Lord prescribes to us in the Word of God, here's how to live a life of victory of faith. Amen? This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Faith. Our faith, right? So if you want to overcome the world, then you need to have faith. And faith is just simply believing that what the Word of God says is so, and I can have whatever it says. And that's all faith is. It's not hard to believe, right? And yet people make, that, they make it out to be hard, and they say that it's hard because they're trying to remove responsibility for, for uh, that word in their life, that they don't, they don't want to be responsible for seeing that word operate successfully in their life, and they want to push the responsibility only into the Lord and His sovereignty. Uh, and it just doesn't work that way. You know, he's not going to take responsibility for failures in people's lives. He'd be like, I told you everything to do. What's the problem, right? Uh, here's the instructions. Well, we don't like those instructions. Sorry, that's all I got. I only got one Bible. I don't have Bible 2.0 coming around anytime soon. Amen. Uh, and so, well, be blessed. Uh, uh, have a wonderful week, and you're dismissed.